0: We uh, had a most powerful weekend this past weekend uh, with Dr. McCamby. <clears throat> on Saturday, he spoke on uh, the grace of God being saved by the grace of God. And then on Sunday, he spoke about finding grace. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was so classical. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. So what we're going to do for this next two Wednesdays is distill the message from Saturday and from Sunday. Because there was it gave a whale of information. Not just a whole lot, a whale, W-H-A-L-E. I mean, a lot of stuff. So I just want to make sure we understand what we heard and that we... Uh, we are able to grasp it very well, especially Sunday. Sunday is going to take maybe two weeks to, to distill that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was way, 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 way too much. Amen? So let's just uh, dive in there tonight. Um, on Saturday, on the first message he brought to us, which he said he could have entitled, Too Good to be True News that the grace message is too good to be true. Now, there are many things that struck me in that message. Number one, this man said it was over 10 years into his pastoral ministry before he ever found grace. He said all that while he majored on hell, judgment, and fear. And they became world renowned for preaching on judgment, on hell, and fear. Now that is scary. Yes. And what he saw during all of this time was in his church, sin just multiplied. Because that's what he preached. Incredible. And then he went on to say that when he finally got a revelation of the grace message, the impact it had on him was greater for him. Now, I'm not saying this is doctrine or this must be the same for everybody. But for him, it was a much greater impact than when he first became baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. That, is it. That, is, that is a whole other statement. Now, it's not saying one is big, bigger, bigger or better than the other. He was just talking about the impact he had on him how he changed his life around and turned him around and gave me a different perspective on <clears throat> on on God and who God is and all the rest of that stuff. So three basic laws he mentioned. And and let me go to the scripture here first of all. Proverbs 25. I really want to encourage everyone that can to uh, listen to this message on over and over and over on the app. It's too much information to digest at any one given time. Proverbs 25, verse 2. It says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. And I'm saying this because, again, on those Saturday and Sunday, many of us were here. We heard what he said, but we could not fully understand it. And you wonder why. I had a lot of discussions with people after the service on Sunday and even Monday and they were saying, bah, it was too deep. I hope you could make it a little simpler. And it's true. Perhaps it could. But this is what I also know. When Jesus was speaking, he told those Pharisees, you have eyes to see, but you can't see. Ears he to hear, but you can't hear. Yes. So in any given congregation, at any given time, no matter how, deep, how simple it is, there will always be people who will not get it. That's why the Bible says, those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. In other words, if my disposition is God, I want to hear. I want to understand. I want to know what you're saying. No matter what's coming out of the mouth of the speaker, God will interpret it to you. Amen. So what I'm saying is most of this is not so much as the speaker as it is us. Yes. Our disposition to want to learn and to. Grasp what God is saying. Now, having said that, He mentioned three significant laws. Anybody want to take a poke at the three laws He mentioned? Any of those that were here? Yes. Admit. Loves that live out those. Okay.
1: The law of sin and death. Okay. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and the royal law: love thy neighbor
0: as yourself. Got All right. Those are the three laws. You are right. These are the three laws. And those three laws basically help us to break down and understand the gospel. Okay, Let's take the first law. The law of sin and death. What does it say? Anybody? On the law of sin and death. That law simply says if you sin, you die. So simple. And so all of the Old Testament was built on that presupposition: If you sin, you die. In other words, there's a penalty for sinfulness. And even now, really, it's not so much, grace it's not so much, sin, it's, it's not so much that there's no penalty for sin, it's just that that penalty has been taken care of. And we must understand that it has been taken care of and believe that it has been taken care of. There are people today that are still living under the law of sin and death. Amen? Amen. So that first law, the law of sin and death, helps us to understand that God hates sin. Sin is not a pleasure to God or for God. And therefore, the wages of sin is death. There is a consequence for sin, and the consequence is death. There's a penalty for it. Now... The second law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. What does this law take care of? The law of the spirit of life in Christ in Romans chapter 8 is what the Bible says in Romans 8-2 has set us free from the law of sin and death. In other words, when I believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my life, his life basically terminates the sentence of guilt and condemnation that the enemy brings into my life. The spirit, the love of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus terminates that. It breaks that. So, I don't, so, so the penalty that was due sin was paid for through the law of the spirit of, Christ, of life in Christ Jesus. So, by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, that penalty is paid for. I'm no longer under that condemnation. I'm no longer living under guilt. I am a free man. Amen. Amen. Now, he mentioned something that I think was really, uh, that was very good. And that is, if I'm separated from something, I should be separated onto something. Yes. This is why this second law is very critical. It's like a pivotal point in our work with God. So I'm now set free from the, power of, from the penalty of sin. If care is not taken, we just rest at that point and say, well, it's done. Praise God. And it is done in a sense. But the point that it was further making is I was not just set free from something, but I'm set free onto something. And that's where the third law comes into play. Now, under this second law, because I've, uh, I've been acquitted and freed from the penalty of sin, we for lack of better words, the way he described it, all of us from that point on were put in a witness protection plan. I think that was so classic.
2: Yes,
0: Witness protection plan. Right. I've been freed, justified, but not only that, I'm placed into a witness protection plan. The enemy cannot come back. Mafia can't find me now because my identity has changed. Yes. <laughs> Mafia is looking for me. They can't find me. I'm hiding somewhere in Mauritius or Maldives or Hawaii under a new set of IDs. That is good. But there's a third law. Let's, let's go read about this. Let's go read about this. And uh, basically this third law, let's go to Psalms 119 first. This third law is not really adding anything to what Jesus has done. It's a done deal, finished deal. But this third law helps you and I to simply live out the life that Jesus purchased for us. So that we are not just in a witness protection plan that is good by itself. But we are able to now live out to the fullest the life he purchased for us by going to the cross and that third law simply is called the royal law of liberty the royal law of liberty yes psalms 119 verse 165 psalms 119 verse 165 he says, "Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble." And then we go to James chapter one. This way, it really breaks it down. James chapter one, in verse twenty-five. Actually, we can leave, we can we can begin to read from verse twenty-one. James chapter one, verse twenty-one. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. Verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And then again, James chapter 2 in verse 8. James chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law. See, that's the connection between the royal and the perfect. The royal law, okay? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Verse 12. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. And then he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Ah, hallelujah. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know what's so amazing about this law, royal law? As I thought about it and I looked about it. So let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's look at what we talked about, the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. Uh, Christ, in, in Christ Jesus. And now we're talking about the royal law of liberty, which is the third one. Now, the second one sets you free. You're free. You're in the witness protection plan. You're saved. You're not, you not lost again. Settled. But this third law, it just occurred to me that in the New Testament, God never commanded me and you to love him. Yes, Jesus was asked which of the laws is the most important. And he quoted the law, Matthew 22. Love the Lord our God by all of the heart, mind, body, and soul. And then the second is just like the first love your neighbor as yourself. Now, don't forget, Jesus was speaking before the cross. No new covenant yet. Grace and truth are not made yet. <laughs> but in the new on the night before he went to the cross he said a new commandment I give you yes. Yes. now by the fact that he said a new commandment that means there was an old one yes. right. it also means this new one supersedes the old yes. in that new he says <laughs> love one another as I have loved you in the old it was commandment bank love God but in the new God God understood that he's already taking care of it why because when I understand the mercy that's delivered me from what I was delivered from uh, nobody will have to tell me to love him when I understand how much he loves me even when, if, in fact, we know dogs even recognize that. Mm-hmm. You play with a dog long enough, you give him enough biscuits and enough uh, yeah. dog food, that dog will be lapping on your... I mean, <laughs> you, you win that dog's love just like that, instantly. So amazingly here, and, 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 and God took care of that because in Romans chapter 5, it tells us that the love of God, what is being shed abroad in our hearts. God has done that. He's done so much that I'll be able to respond to his love. However, the difficult part is loving one another. And that's what Jesus focused on. And that's what this royal law of liberty is all about. This is where you and I, after having been delivered from the penalty of sin, now begin to renew our minds, renovate our thinking, change our the way we see one another, and begin to relate to one another as God's done to us. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now let's talk about that. Is that our experience to one another? And if so, uh, if not, why? Let's talk about that. You see, because in the law of the uh, spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I've been separated from sin. Now, in the royal law of liberty, I need to be separated unto him and his kingdom. That's why it's a royal law. There's a kingdom involved. And you cannot have a kingdom without people. There has to be a king and a domain. Subjects. So let's talk about the love issue. Wow! If there's no if there's no coming, we just go home. Are we all are we are, are we loving as 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 we can? Are we having struggles? Uh, what are the areas in which areas are we struggling? We've been able to because there's a scripture here that really. Let me see if I can find it in the, okay. Psalms one nineteen sixty five. Mm. i take any comments while I'm looking for the scripture.
2: Yes, I'll make a comment that is uh, perhaps not even related. <laughs> growing up. When I was younger, I had a friend who committed suicide. Hmm. And I couldn't understand what loving and whatever it was. But my question was, why would anybody, for whatever reason, kill themselves? They don't love themselves enough. I mean, not people loving you, but you loving yourself uh, such that you will do such an outrageous thing. So, uh, over time, uh, when I hear love yourself or love your neighbor as yourself, I really begin to know truly that sometimes we don't just love ourselves and it is difficult to love somebody else. It's
0: not In that situation, it's not just the issue of love alone. There's another factor there called hopelessness. That's what the issue of depression is all about. When I have more faith in the hopelessness of the situation I'm in. Okay. In other words, I look at the circumstance, the situation, and say, phew. Because hope that's defied makes the heart sick. Yes. Right. Right. So now, if, if we are not talking about defilement, if we are just talking about lack of it, period. Yes. A friend of mine. Commissioner Suda last month. Very accomplished, seasoned speaker. Pastor. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a very tough story. This guy had been in ministry since age 12. Started pastor his first church. This is the truth. He started pastor his first church at the age of 13. And he died, how old was he when he, when he killed himself? He's not 60. Uh, I think it's about uh, maybe 51 or 52. In the U.S. He has hundreds of churches over him, uh, under him. Hundreds of them. Big, if I mention his name, you guys will know him. I, I'm not going to go there. Big, he's on TV and all the time. Yes. Um, he had some, how can, I, how can I, I'm trying to see the best way to say this. In July this year, he wrote a letter to all his pastors, over 100 of them, and to the entire congregation, basically telling them the need for him to take a, sabbat- a sabbatical because of extreme exhaustion. <laughs> these two guys and <laughs> and uh now uh, nah. this this is also funny this is very really interesting they had a, a conference this January where he taught the all these pastors from all over the world about resting and pacing yourself and having a succession a succession plan where you, where you delegate where you don't have to do everything all by yourself and in this letter, he now tells this congregation, he said, listen, even though I preached that message and I have the plan, but I must say to you, I have not followed the plan. And that now, his health has been so compounded that he has to take a break. He wrote the letter July the 10th. He was dead mid-August. Killed himself. Couldn't believe it. But I realized what hopelessness will do. That's the truth. When you're going through some issues or you know, maybe depression and the message the enemy is selling to you, the situation is hopeless. No hope. It's no hope. No hope. And if you it and believe it for one second, you can do some nasty things. So, my word to all of us is, there is hope. Amen. God Amen. has given us hope. That's what the book of Romans is all about. And hope that's defied. Yes, it may make my heart sick for I minute. Mean, it's just deferred. It's not, door is not locked. It's not forever. Yes. I may be going through challenges and situations. I will come out of it. I will overcome it if I don't give up. But ministry is, not, ministry, is not, it's, ministry is not a joke. It's not a joke at all. But in this case, these guys were just successful. Wow. Very successful. Yeah. But it, it, it got in so early. he knew no other life. No other life. And uh, the way they work is people will always place a demand on you. It's gonna be up to you to set the boundary and say, I can't do this. I can't go any further. I'm not gonna do that. Yes. If you don't, there will always be a person a need, another need, another need, another need. Wow. You have to have boundaries. If you don't, your environment will control you. Yeah. Yeah. Any anyone else, anything no. else?
3: Well, one of the things you said, or the question that you asked earlier, um, you know, regarding the scripture, uh, mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, And the question you asked is: Is this really true? Uh, Are we truly experiencing that? Um, For me, with me, I would say. maybe 70% of the time, or 60% <laughs> of the time. Because, see, one, one is so, uh, I think human nature w- is so wired to the default of judgment. Yes. Um, it, it is more of what we have experienced. And unless the, the regeneration truly does happen, uh, we return to that default of judgment. And find it um, challenging to show mercy. Uh, You know, probably because of past experiences or whatever that may be, but, um, you know, one can only show mercy only when you come to a true, true appreciation of where we could have been and where we are. And realizing that except for the grace of God, there goes us, I mean, also. Um, so, uh, definitely not at 100%, but uh, still a, a work of grace and progress.
0: Amen. And for most of us, I mean, that's what sanctification is all about. Uh, there's no sub thing that I'm sanctified and it's over. As long as I live, I'm constantly growing, constantly changing, constantly being challenged, I think the important thing is to recognize. Hey, listen, this is where I need to be. I'm not there yet, but I'm appropriating the grace to get there. I'm not resigned to what I see. The the most dangerous thing for any of us is to resign to the fact that what I'm doing or what I like or what uh, my my experience is the is the norm. That's dangerous. In light of the word of God, if the word of God says this is it, I may not be there. I may violate it every now and then, but I should never be comfortable. To think my violation is the norm. That is the problem. The problem is not the sin or the failure. Because the sin and the failure has been taken care of. The problem, though, is when I accept the sin and the failure as a norm. I mean, those of us that are old enough and politically savvy enough, Watergate itself was not what killed Nixon. It was the cover up after the event. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. That's, all, that's always what gets people. And I'm not giving anybody license or occasion to sin. If a man commits adultery or a woman commits adultery, it is bad. Yes. That act, it's bad. However, the worst thing on top of that is to cover it up. And, be, and, and, and rationalizing to himself or herself, ah, oh, the man deserves it, or the woman deserves it. After all, she didn't, do, she didn't do this for me, or he didn't do that for me. Therefore, what I'm doing, uh, I justified. That is the problem. That is the problem. Jesus looked at the woman that was cutting in the adultery. They brought her to him. What she did was bad, 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 bad. Jesus said, who are these damn accusers? Yes. Where are they? they man looked around. He said, no. he said they, 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 nobody. He said, well, I don't accuse you either. Yep. However, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. So the issue is not so in, in you know, appreciation of what you just said, Pastor, IBK, we are all in work in development, in work in progress. There's no doubt about that. I just should be constantly saying, God, I thank you. I'm, I'm not all the way there, but you pay the price for this to make me an overcomer in this area, and I just thank you right now for that grace in Jesus. And every, each day you're making progress. You, you're going to save yourself. Yeah, we die daily. Yeah, that daily. That's right. But when I accept that the way I lashed out at my brother or my sister because of what they did, that that's normal because they deserve it. They have it coming. <laughs> And I settle in that low living. Come on. It has a higher place for us, it has a higher realm for all of us. So, yeah, I may have missed it. I, I, I lashed out. Yes, I was wrong. But I need to be able to say, you know what? Bank, that's not good enough. You are better than that. The Jesus who called you has made you better than that. Yes, sir. Next time, you shouldn't get it that wrong. I need to challenge myself. Yes, sir. The,
4: the, the issue is the life of Christ that we already have being manifested through us. Correct. Um, I like that. It is a Christian life. It is Christ's life. Eternal life is Christ's life. And no one else can live Christ's life than Christ himself. Um, I cannot live that life. I mean, I have come to the understanding that I cannot live that life. It's only Christ that can live that life through me. And it is how I yield, it is how I yield to that life. It is how, um, by his grace, um, how I can surrender to his will, to that extent, to the extent that I surrender and yield to that life. It is to that extent that 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 life will be made manifest through me. So the issue of loving, loving my brother, because I know that in my own power, I cannot. And that has always been the problem, because... um, My flesh, the flesh by flesh, I mean those ways, those strategies that I have developed to get my needs met. And as long as I am walking after the flesh, I will not, I cannot satisfy the desires of the spirit, which is to love my neighbor, to love my brother. Yes. that is why Paul uh, joins us. You see, if you walk after the uh, after the Spirit, you will not satisfy f- the loss f- of the flesh. People. Because the flesh is to judge, the flesh is to criticize, the flesh, and all of that is done because of pride. I am better than you. You are superior. You are inferior, and so. I've always thought of living, walking after the spirit, like, you know, holding the rubber band and drawing it. You are walking under the spirit. You are walking according to the spirit. And in the moment, and that will always come when you are under stress, when (laughs) you are under (laughs) pressure, the flesh takes over. Just now, the flesh takes over. Now, there is no judgment for that. There is no condemnation but of course there will be some repercussions there will be consequences anytime that we walk according to the flesh there will always be consequences correct right. you see when you know you know we talk about the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus I and mean, the law of sin and death these two laws are in operation yeah it's just that one is higher than the other just yes. just as you know the law of aerodynamics yes. will overcome the law of gravity all right. So we are operating in the law of aerodynamics, yeah. but, of, but sometimes we can be pulled down by, you know, by gravity if we are not working after the spirit. Yes. So what I'm saying is that we need to understand that the flesh, those coping patterns that we have developed all through our lives, that is still there. The memory is still there. We still remember what we used to do when, yes. we w- when we were in our BC days yes. before Christ. Yes. However, knowing who you are, your identity, that you have been saved, you have been sanctified, you are beyond reproach. you your nature has been changed. And that the life of Christ is in you. And it's, it is my responsibility to yield to that life so that that life will come forth. In every situation, even when I miss it, but I always remember, I'm a child of God. Amen. I have the life of Christ. Yes. And I want that life to be manifest. I want to experience that life in every situation that I find myself. So that even if there are people that are unlovable, I say I cannot. But Christ in me, you have to love that person through me as I yield
0: to you. Amen. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, you, you said something that I think is so uh, critical, and that's knowing that we've been changed. I think what the enemy does to us is when I blow it, it's quick to announce to me, it's no, it's no, it's no, you're still the same old person. You're just making noise. You're still the old person. And if you listen to that long enough, you may want to agree with that enemy. Let me just leave this with us. When you see a butterfly and a caterpillar, they don't look alike at all.
2: No, sir. No, sir.
0: But if you leave that caterpillar long enough and the conditions continue to remain the same, it's only a matter of time before the caterpillar starts flying as a butterfly. Transformation. Yes. It's transformed. But if you just look at them, caterpillar and butterfly, unless you did a DNA, yes. if you did a DNA, you know that this is one and the same. Yes. But if you're just looking at physical appearance, there's no resemblance at all. At all. Yes. But hear this. To confirm what Dr. Norfolk just said, that caterpillar that ultimately became a butterfly, didn't have to walk it up. Say that again, sir. The caterpillar yeah. did not have to walk it up. Okay. The caterpillar, caterpillar did not do anything to transform into a butterfly. Yes. Okay. It's a process within it yes, wow. that takes its course that ultimately becomes a butterfly. So what I'm saying to all of us is that life is in us. And as we yield to that life on a day to day, moment by moment basis, that is when your change will appear. And even when you blow it and miss it, because we will, you have to quickly remind yourself who you are, what your identity is, and refuse to become the identity of the environment or the situation or the circumstance you just find yourself in. That's where the labor comes in. It's not labor as in sweating. Yes. That's the labor to enter into rest, yes, sir. to quickly convince yourself. No, 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 no. What just happened is not me. I can't identify my that. I cannot be defined by that situation. Yes, sir. Because f- truly, you live at what you believe. Yes. Yes. If the enemy convinces you long enough that you are not, you're a failure, you're not a success. You can't do this. You can't do that. Your outlook on life will be just that. Yes, sir. But if you reprogram, if you accept what God has done and you accept who you are and you understand that, you look at it with your world in a totally different way. Yes? I think you just that. I was going to ask you a question. I yeah. about something I
1: read about when Judas, before he hung himself, he repented and he said he was sorry. But evidently, he must have still thought that, let the
0: negative take over him. Where, where, did, where did you see him repent? Right here. Read it. Put the mic, speak in the mic though.
1: I can't really see it. Okay. <laughs> you can't see it? Okay. Uh, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took I can't really see, could you put 27, uh, Matthew 27,
0: What was? Uh it would
1: be the third one, I believe. This Judas Judas would have betrayed him when Mm -hmm. he saw that when he saw he was condemned, repented himself and
0: bought. Remorseful. Remorseful is what I have. Oh, okay. Can you just say it's he repented? He repented and right. he said that he was sorry. Better translate. Okay, finish your question, though.
1: Now, I think you, that's why I said you answered it because by him doing it, but he kept his mindset on the negative and never did change it over.
0: That's good. That's very good. Amen. All right. So you guys believe you know you're a ch- child, and child of God? Yes. Sir. You believe that? You really truly believe that? Yes, sir. <laughs> Nobody can talk you out of that.
5: Without
0: a doubt. <laughs> Amen. That's important. You'll be amazed. We, we going back, back and forth like a yo-yo. It, it messes you up. Save one day, lost tomorrow. Save one day, lost tomorrow. No, that's not your portion. Yes, sir. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we forget. Okay. She said that she's heard people say, let's keep God out of. When they
1: get so angry, forget that I'm a Christian. Don't think that because I'm a Christian, I can't take on you.
0: Forget that I'm a Christian. I've heard it said yeah. so many times. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. I hear you. Just focus on who you are. I can't fix those guys, I can only fix me. <laughs> so, so, so let me just focus on the fact that I know I'm a child of God. Yes. And, and as long as we keep that, you're not going to change how people, you know, but, but, but just, let's just receive the truth for ourselves and, and follow that, and we're going to start seeing the changes. Amen? And especially because by this shall all men know that we're his disciples. Yeah. All right, let's just pray, and uh, we can be on our way. Yes, here's a question. Oh, wow, wonderful. Where's the mic? Little. When you it was li- when it was little.
5: <laughs> okay. When I was little, um, I I liked killing bugs because because they kept on entering the house and
0: what's that now? You're, what? I Animals? kept on killing, killing, killing,
5: killing bugs.
0: Bugs, oh, okay. Bugs. Okay.
5: Now I feel I don't feel like
0: Bugs. No, he bad. I no. Yeah, I feel bad about killing him. Can I can I bring all the cockroaches in my house to <laughs> <in> your room? <laughs> 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 no, he's focusing on killing okay. so, I
5: mean i think he's focusing on killing it's just that bugs are one of God's creations. You know kill god's creation even though it distracts our human nature it's not as fair for the bugs because the bugs don't kill us but we have to kill the bugs and i don't get it because we use all this bug spray and shoes and everything to just <laughs> kill bugs <and laughs> right to kill bugs because they don't kill humans. They don't have the hands or, I mean, the legs to kill humans.
0: I will will leave that one for the elders to discuss.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, like bugs, they protect us from a fly population like our kinds, those kinds of spiders and and I mean scorpions, they um, <laughs> they eat flies and ants yeah. so that we won't get bit, yes. and, you know, you
1: that so there'll be eyes. a
5: like the bug <laughs> 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 I mean, it'd be nice to see bugs living <laughs> than dying. Because okay. the bug population, if it's extinct, then the world would go crazy. That's true. If we don't have bugs,
0: we won't be living. Let's have this discussion in another 10 years. (laughs) Let me me see if your opinion, but in the meantime, it's above my pay grade. I'm going (laughs) to. Yeah. The person will answer that question. (laughs) That's good. Thank you for that contribution. Amen. Praise God. So we learned some science tonight. Yes. Bugs are good. They take care for some other things around us.
5: But he just but said
2: bugs.
0: Also? <laughs> some, some bugs are bad. Okay.
2: <laughs> he just said bugs eat spiders. Yes. So you didn't think about that. The bugs that eat those spiders
4: and they're killing
2: all. some other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I wanted to ask if committing suicide was selfish. If I have to, a gut answer will be yes. Yes, because it left a lot of people around that's wondering why, what, and their lives will not be the same again. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. It's good. There's a question in the booth.
1: What? What's that?
0: Um, let, that's a big y'all. Huh? You
1: you did not know about God, and the place around you didn't really tell about God, and when you... Oh wow! Will you?
0: Oh my gosh, that's a question that could keep us here for another one hour. Did you hear the question? <laughs> no. If you live in a place. Where you never heard about God, and you die, would you go to heaven? Yes. I would really say I you never got a chance to reject. Do no. you see why I said we could be here for another one hour? That's not true. That question is a one-dollar question, no? My pastor. Yes, sir. We have any more dollars left? <laughs> Any take us on that? I know I know, it's past our time. the all right. Does <laughs> everyone understand this question? Yes, it's, 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 it's hypothetical. Hypothetical, yes. Yes,
4: it's hypothetical.
0: Yeah, but we can still give an hypothetical answer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you can't live in a place where you would not hear about God. Because everything around you speaks about God.
0: That's true. The creation itself preaches the message. Yeah, but, 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 I, but I really and that's correct. But I know where she's actually going. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Yes. If, if people that have not heard, apart from the witness of the creation around them, what happens to them? Yeah. <laughs> Go and spend your dollar. When when your dollar is spent, come back and get it. (laughs) Praise God. Father, we just thank you so much for our time tonight. We bless your name for the uh, uh, spirit of God that you've placed within us and the transformation that's at work in us. We continually yield ourselves to you as our maker, creator, that you that has begun such a good work in us will finish and perfect it. Thank you, Father. We honor and we bless you, and we thank you for joining in Moses as we go home. Refresh us tonight, and bless us in the morning in Jesus' name.